The Nets are off to a 1-4 start, which uh, shouldn't be surprising because they're the Nets, but for some reason, I'm still disappointed about it. We're going to talk about tonight's game versus the Mavericks, and then we'll get into the entire season. I haven't talked to you guys since the first game of the year, the loss versus the Pelicans, so it's been four games since then, so a lot to talk about. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like. Always helps out. And let's get into it. So the Mavs won in OT tonight, 129-125. And, uh, yeah, the final few minutes uh, in regulation were a bit annoying. Two missed calls, one that was supposed to be a kick ball on a Kyrie pass that was not called. The one where Durant was hit on his elbow, clearly on a jump shot, that was also not called. But on the final play of regulation, basically, where the Mavericks were trying to dribble out the clock and you know hold it for one shot, Ben Simmons has a deflection, gets a steal, leads to a Durant break for a dunk. That was awesome tied the game they went to OT after a miss by I think Reggie Bullock I mean that ball was like this close to going in so the Nets barely got to OT as it is but once they got to overtime I mean the Mavericks they made like five of their first five shots it was unbelievable some of it was bad defense but some of it was Luka Doncic being a unbelievable playmaker behind the back passes drawing attention and just giving his guys open shots but yeah those missed calls with the Kyrie pass that should have been a kickball the KD shooting foul that was not called the game was tied 110-110 at that point so that probably could have changed the outcome of this game I don't think the refs were that bad tonight so I don't want to bring it up and, and act like I'm complaining but you know, pivotal point in the game. You'd hope they get at least one of those calls right. So anyway, the Nets continue to get killed by teams opposing stars. Luka Doncic, you know, plus 20 tonight, 41 points, had a triple-double, 11 rebounds. He had 14 assists. I know it's overtime, but damn, that's an amazing game. And the difference tonight was clearly the three-point shooting. The Mavericks shot 50% from three, 20 of 40. The Nets were 12 for 35, 34%. So that's a drastic difference right there. But the Nets didn't really, you know, do much worse in other areas. They had more steals. They had more blocks. Only five less assists, but they had eight more rebounds. They had, you know, six more offensive rebounds. Four less turnovers. 14 more points in the paint. I mean, the Nets did outperform the Mavericks in certain areas in this game. But when it came down to three-point shooting... That was the big issue. And, you know, some of that is the Nets to blame themselves for not making good defensive rotations and leaving guys open. And some of that is, you know, the Mavericks making good shots and you give them credit. But even Richard Jefferson pointed out in the broadcast that there were times that Luka would drive to his right and then kick it to the corner on his strong side and there would be a wide open three. You can't have that. So that type of stuff, that's the Nets' fault on defense. But, you know, I'd be lying if I'd said the Mavericks didn't make impressive shots because they did. On the Nets' side of things, it was another great performance from Kyrie and even Kevin Durant. And it's the second time in three games here that those guys have scored over 37 points each and lost. So I don't know how that happens. We know on Monday versus Memphis, Katie and Kyrie scored 37. They lost the game. Tonight, Kyrie had 39. Katie had 37. The Nets lose once again. So you're just obviously not getting enough production from the rest of the team. Not to say Kyrie and Kevin Durant are perfect themselves because they did combine for six turnovers and you know, there were times where I think Durant wasn't that great defensively tonight. But when your two best players are having scoring outputs like that, you should win at least one of those games. There might be an outlier where, like, the other team just has a great shooting night, like tonight. But 
Monday they could have won that game and you know even tonight they had their chances in overtime of course so that's just not what you want to see um we'll talk about Ben Simmons next um kind of like a broad view of what I've seen from him since the first game of the year it seemed like the first three possessions tonight they were just really focused on getting him the ball they gave it to him in the post the first three possessions I think he shot on the first one made the first shot actually he gave the Nets a two-point lead so that was nice to see but You know, Ben Simmons has not looked right physically the entire year. He was grabbing at his back versus Milwaukee uh, the night prior last night. So, yeah, that's not what you want to see, obviously. And I just think Ben's kind of in his head or maybe not completely healthy or maybe both. Um, You go back and watch Simmons' highlights from the last time he played in 2021 and compare him to now. It's a completely different player. He just looks timid and a bit slow, not as explosive as he used to be. So I don't know if that's ever going to come back or not. I'm hoping it does because he's only 26, but maybe it'll come with time. I have no idea. I do think as the year goes on, Simmons will hopefully get healthier and more comfortable with playing again. But if this is the Ben Simmons that the Nets are getting all year, that is a big problem. It really is. So I'm hoping that he gets better as the year goes on. And you would think he should, but... Who knows? I mean, tonight he was three of seven, seven points. He was a plus one, so we'll take that. Had eight rebounds, four assists, three steals. That was good to see. And he had moments tonight where he played really good defense. But there were times where he also got cooked by Luka. But I remember one time he gave up an easy layup to Luka. Then the next possession completely locked him up. The possession after that completely locked him up. He had that huge steal, the final play in regulation. So Ben Simmons did show us some positives defensively. Like he had times where he was clearly getting beat easily, but other times where he looked like vintage Ben Simmons on defense. So you got a mixture of both. At least we're seeing glimpses of it. Another thing we have to talk about is the Patty Mills situation. I mean... I think they finally made the adjustment tonight. Patty played 17 minutes, and when Mills came in in the end of the first quarter, I think it was, yes, end of the first quarter, the Mavericks basically got Luka switched onto Patty Mills every single time. And for about four or five straight possessions, they just gave the ball to uh, Luka, and he had just easy back downs to you know, make Patty Mills look like he didn't belong out there. And I think the Nets finally made some adjustments with that. We didn't see Patty as much in the second half, thank God. And like, look, Patty's a good guy. He's a good leader. Um, He made a nice corner three tonight to cut it to like a two-point game. It was a key shot in the fourth quarter. But he is just unplayable defensively. Sometimes you can like hide guys and, you know, just kind of take them out of the defense. But no, teams just go after him. And they should. Like, he is such a liability defensively. And my God, in those minutes that we've seen, like, especially the Bucs game, when Patty and Dayron were playing at the same time, that was easy. I mean, how many freaking floaters did uh, George Hill make in that Bucs game in the second quarter? It it was just so easy. Any time you get Patty Mills and Dayron Sharp in a pick and roll, you might as well just walk back on offense because you ain't getting to stop there. The coaching staff is at least making some corrections. David Duke Jr. played 21 minutes tonight. I don't think we saw him at all this year, especially in like meaningful minutes. And, you know, David Duke was playing in late in the fourth quarter till he fouled out. And then Utah Watanabe came in. And we'll talk about Utah. He was a plus four, two of two from three, two of three overall, four rebounds, two assists, one block. 
And he has been the type of guy that Nets need. And we definitely could have used him last year for his size. But he's a guy that I think should be playing more minutes over a guy like Patty Mills. And he did tonight. He played 22 minutes compared to Patty Mills' 17 minutes. But the Nets, for some reason, just have this infatuation of playing Patty Mills like, he's like the first guy off the bench every game. It just doesn't make sense to me. They're getting decent production from Edmund Sumner. I don't want to make it sound like he's doing great, but Sumner has been aggressive. He had six free throws tonight, 0 of 4 from the field, but getting to the line, making things happen, three rebounds. In the game versus Milwaukee, he had a great stretch in the end of the first quarter or early second quarter to kind of bring the Nets back. He had that great and one versus Giannis. So Edmund Sumner's jump shot, has been bad it looks broke but at least driving the ball being aggressive and even some playmaking to a degree he's been all right so I think Edmund Sumner hopefully should get some minutes going forward obviously not a lot I don't understand why Cam Thomas can't play like I get Kessler Edwards he looked really bad in the preseason but Cam Thomas you know is one of the better natural scorers on this team I mean he's probably one of the top five natural scorers on this team of course he's not in the Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving discussion but you know, that next tier below those guys. Cam Thomas is a great natural scorer. He may not be great with defensive rotations or have the best IQ yet in his career, but it can't be worse than what Patty Mills is giving you right now because Patty Mills, once again, is a liability. You cannot have him out there at for a long stretch of time. He, even like with George Hill versus the Bucks, you would think George Hill is the ideal matchup for a Patty Mills type guy. If you can't handle George Hill, who the hell are you going to guard? Not to take anything away from George Hill, but like at least he's kind of similar size-wise to Patty Mills. George is probably a bit bigger, but you get the point. Not many guys are as small as Patty Mills in the NBA. So if you can't handle George Hill, how are the Nets supposed to play you if you're Patty Mills? You know, it's just, I don't know. I feel like his defense wasn't as bad last year. Obviously, it wasn't good, but it is so much more noticeable now this year. And it's just like teams are going out of their way to attack Patty Mills and the Nets defense is suffering every time he gets in the game. So it's it just sucks. I will point out Royce O'Neal had an off shooting night, two of eight from three. If he made some of those threes, could have been a different game. And some of those threes were wide open. Joe Harris did not play tonight, kind of like an injury management type thing for that sore foot he's been dealing with. And Joe Harris himself, we'll talk about him real quick. He hasn't looked right. I mean, Joe Harris is a guy who didn't really play at all since November of last year. So it's been over a year since Joe Harris really got, um, not over a year, just under a year of Joe Harris like not getting consistent NBA game time, right? So Joe Harris, a lot of his shots are just short. I mean, every it seems like every Joe Harris three has either been ridiculously short and barely grazes the rim or like it rattles in. It's just, there's been no in between for uh, Joe Harris this year. So I'm hoping that as Joe gets his legs underneath him, he'll be fine shooting the ball. We've seen some positive flashes from him. Um, I know against um, the uh, Grizzlies, he had a nice block, and he has shown good aggression on defense. I will give Joe that. He's been a good rebounder for the most part this year. So it's just not the same Joe Harris we've seen in the past yet. I do hope once he gets his lift under him for his jump shot, he'll be fine because when Joe Harris is shooting 45% of th- uh, from three, he is such a great weapon for this team offensively, especially a team like this that needs all the spacing they can get. Because if you had a healthy Joe Harris and put him in for some of these Royce O'Neal shots, that two of eight could have been like five of eight or even four of eight. And that could have changed the final score of this game. So 
you know, getting Joe Harris back in the rhythm of things, that's going to be key for this Nets team going forward. I've liked what I've seen from Nick Claxton so far this year. And Claxton actually shot a three-pointer tonight from the corner. It was very ugly. He had the side of the backboard, so you don't want to see that. But I know Claxton has practiced his corner threes, but probably not game-ready yet. But um, yeah, I've seen positive strides from Claxton as a player. He in the second game of the year, I think it was, who the hell did we play? The Raptors, the game we won. Um, yeah, against the Raptors, he had like two or three plays from Claxton that I have never seen him make in his NBA career before. He had that one play where he basically took the ball from half court and just attacked off the dribble and got himself a layup to the basket. Um, he had another play in that game. I forget what he did, but it was something I've never seen from him before in a positive way. So I think Nick Claxton hopefully has taken a step as a player, you know, step in the right direction. We'll see what his ceiling is. But as I get to, you know, Claxton, I want to talk about that as well, because it seemed like the Nets made more of a concerted effort tonight to really focus on spacing. And I don't think the Nets want to have many lineups this year where Claxton and Ben Simmons are playing at the same time. I mean, those guys are in the starting lineup together, but throughout the rest of the game, we didn't see much of Simmons and Claxton playing together. I think the Nets coaching staff has realized that the spacing on the floor is not good enough when Nick Claxton, a non-shooter, and Ben Simmons, a non-shooter, are on the floor at the same time. There was a picture going around on Twitter of it was Kevin Durant in the post and Kyrie Irving on the right wing, and you had um, you had Royce O'Neal, you had Nick Claxton, and you had Ben Simmons just you know cramped in the left corner, and it was like you can't have that. That was horrendous spacing. I know it's only one picture; it doesn't tell the entire story, but that's just an example of it. Like if you had a Joe Harris out there, that's gonna bring another defender closer to Joe Harris and leave more space for a guy like Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving to do their thing. So. You know, having lineups of two non-shooting threats at all and Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton may not be the move. It might be the move against bigger teams, but against most teams, it's not going to be the move. You need to have that spacing. And hopefully, once again, once Joe Harris gets right, which hopefully happens soon, um, the Nets will be in a better spot. And even getting Seth Curry back, who um, I think Curry's starting like some type of a... I don't know if they call it a rehab assignment, whatever the hell they call it, with the G League Nets. So hopefully Seth Curry is back at some point in the next week is what I'm hoping for. So, But yeah, Seth Curry is going to be key for this team because he will take most of, if not all, of Patty Mills' minutes. And I don't know if Patty Mills is going to be like a DMP guy for the rest of the year, but he just looks borderline unplayable right now. So... And I just don't know if you can fix it either. It's not like Patty Mills is going to grow. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how you fix it. If you're the Nets here, I mean, there might be some lineups where you can play Patty Mills. And, like, Mills is going to be needed at times this year. Um, you know, if Kyrie gets injured or, you know, something like that. Like, there's going to be times where they may need him once again. But to have Patty Mills be a consistent rotation piece getting about 15, 20 minutes a night, I don't really want that right now. I, I don't think it's it's not good for this Nets team who they struggle defensively as it is. They can't afford to throw out a guy like Patty Mills. Not to say that Seth Curry is a great defender because he's not. Like he's he's probably below average, but he's definitely not as bad as Patty Mills. I think we touched on everybody so far. Um, I didn't talk about the Steve Nash ejection from the Bucks game, which was pretty hilarious. Um, I think Steve Nash at that point in over two years of being a head coach, has never gotten a technical foul, which I, I don't know how that's possible. I can see ejection because to get ejected, you kind of have to go over the top. But to never get a technical foul as a head coach in over two years, 
I don't know. I did not sit right with me. But yeah, Steve Nash got his first technical and his first ejection in the same night on a Wednesday versus the Bucks, and it was good to see him show emotion because honestly, you know, some of the calls that Giannis gets are just even like the no calls Giannis gets are just unbelievable. I mean, just straight up a forearm into Patty Mills's neck, chest area, no call. Um, <laughs> Kevin Durant boxes out Giannis. Giannis almost pushes Durant to the floor. And, and, you know, nothing's called. It's, it's so obvious, you know. So there was even times where Giannis was, like, cleanly stripped or, like, you know, they, they were just playing good defense on Giannis and they still gave him a call. And, look, I know I'm a Giannis hater. I think he's a, you know, borderline dirty player. So I, I get that. But at the same time, like, the refs were just pretty bad with um, the way they officiated that game against the Bucks. But that's another one. To, to take the refs out of it, that's another one where the Nets have to win. I, I, I don't care how bad the refs are. The Nets were up 12 in that game versus Milwaukee, and the first half, the Bucks looked so bad, especially the first quarter. They were not making any shots, not to say the Nets were much better, but the Bucks looked so flat in the first half, and the Nets could not pull away. Um, of course, once they threw out that lineup of, of uh, Tehran Sharp and Patty Mills, that's when the Bucks made their run, no surprise, but the coaching staff just has to learn from that, and you know, especially, you know, speaking of coaches, when Jock Vaughn came came in for Steve Nash, it made me miss Steve Nash. And that, that's not good, right? So we know Steve Nash is not the best coach, but when Jock Vaughn comes in and is noticeably worse than Steve Nash, um, I guess it makes me feel better about Nash, but it probably says more about Jock Vaughn than it does Steve Nash. I think Vaughn is the highest paid assistant coach in the NBA, or at least he was at one point. I don't know about anymore, but that was, um, yeah, pretty interesting, but they did not look good at all when Jacques Vaughn was the coach. And he's a clapper, too. He's a clapper just like Steve Nash, just sitting there, just clapping his hands and whatever. So, yeah, I mean, the Nets, they just have to shoot better this year. That's one thing for sure. They're not shooting well enough from three. Their defensive rotations and communication are also not good enough. Um, there's been games they've been out-rebounded. I know the first game versus the Pelicans, which I you know talked to you guys after, after that game, that was a rough rebounding night. Um, I think maybe versus Memphis. Yeah, the Memphis game too, Stephen Adams was killing them on the boards, which, you know, is no surprise. He's a load. We get that. But here's a graphic Yes Network put up tonight. 30-plus uh, point games versus Brooklyn this season. So once again, we are five games in. And there's already been one, two, three, four, five players with 30-plus point games versus the Nets. And I feel like Zion was very close. I feel like Zion had like 28, 29, or maybe it was Ingram. I don't know. One of those guys had close to 30 points. But Pascal Siakam, 37 points. Desmond Bain, I think it was a career high, 38 points. John Morant, 38. Giannis, 43. And the crazy thing about Giannis is that I think he had nine points at halftime in that Bucks game, and he finished with 43. I mean, it's insane. And Giannis came out with a different mentality in that second half. I give him credit. And the thing that pissed me off about that, and I, I believe Jeff Van Gundy brought this up because I watched most of the game on Yes, but just because I'm superstitious, I changed to ESPN the final five minutes when the Nets couldn't make a damn shot in the fourth quarter versus Milwaukee. And Jeff Van Gundy went on to say something that I was seeing myself. I'm like, why aren't they picking up Giannis like near half court or even the three-point line like they Ben Simmons was getting so deep into the paint like anytime Giannis got to the block it was over it was game over for Ben Simmons I mean like for some reason just Simmons would retreat all the way to the paint and Giannis would just back him down and just have an easy turnaround layup or an easy dunk 
I don't know why the Nets weren't picking up Giannis at the three-point line or something. Like, I don't know why they let him get so deep into the post. It made no sense to me. So that kind of pissed me off, and I don't know why the coaches don't make that adjustment. Like, I don't know. Uh, Luka, 33 points tonight. We know about that. But, yeah, the Nets are allowing too many of these stars to, to kill them. And, like, I get these are great players, but you have to make somebody else beat you. Like, even times tonight where these random dudes on the Mavericks would make threes, and it wasn't Luka beating us, it was, like, kind of easier to deal with, you know what I mean? Whether it was, like, Kleber or um, Josh Green or Dinwiddie, who we know is not the best three-point shooter, like, I'd rather see those guys try and beat you from the three-point line instead of just giving Luka easy paths to the rim for, you know, an easy layup, so. We definitely knew coming into the year that the Nets had a tough five-game stretch to open the year. Um, I did not want to start one and four, and realistically, they, they could have been better. I, I mean, the Pelicans game, they had no chance. It seems like Raptors won. They, they got the win. But they could have easily taken one of those Grizzlies or Bucks games, um, you know, pick or choose whatever one. Like, they could have been 3-2. and two. They could have won tonight, of course, going to overtime. And they probably should have taken one of those Grizzlies or Bucks games. So I get tonight was a back-to-back, -back, and playing an overtime in a back-to-back -back is very tough. But uh, you got to get that game. You know, that's that's a game where you probably should win. I know the Mavericks, they had a good year last year and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. The Nets, I just feel like, are too talented to drop three straight games like that. And they 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 were in all these games, too. It's, it's kind of annoying. The only game that got truly blown out in was the Pelicans game. So that's just the worst part about it. They probably should have been able to take at least one of these three games, and they lost all three of them. And that probably speaks to our coaching or guys not being healthy or a lot of the newness here and things like that but um you know the excuses can only go so far there are some Nets fans that are giving Ben Simmons a very long leash of, and not even judging him until you know 15 20 games into the year I don't know if I can do that it's like I'm at a point where it's 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 frustrating with Simmons and I want him to turn it around very badly, and it's like every time he just shows signs of being aggressive, I'm like happy about that. Even if he misses a shot, it's like whatever. At least he tried to, to make it, and he's showing signs of aggression. And I feel bad for Ben because every time he does something wrong, um, it's getting posted everywhere on social media. He had a play tonight where he was between going for a finger roll or a floater, and he kind of got caught in the middle, and he airballed a layup, and like, my God, you saw that everywhere on social media for the next hour. So, um, yeah, I feel bad about that. And there was also a clip of Kyrie yelling, shoot it, Ben, after giving Ben Simmons a pass in the paint where he passed back out to Durant, but Durant made it, so, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, I feel like everyone's piling on Ben Simmons, and it is what it is, I guess. You know, I, I know Ben Simmons is not the most likable guy. I definitely was not a fan of his when he was with the Sixers because he just had that cocky attitude. But, um. At this point now, I don't know if it's because I'm a Nets fan or because the guy's coming off surgery and dealt with mental health stuff. I kind of do feel bad for him, but um, hopefully Ben has the last laugh is pretty much the way we can look at this as Nets fans. But, you know, I just hope he turns it around. But the next uh, five-ish games here are pretty winnable for the Nets. Um, Pacers in a back-to-back, -back, both home games, which is weird. I feel like most back-to-backs are like, you know, home and home. But um, Saturday night, home versus the Pacers, Monday night, home versus the Pacers, and I think Miles Turner, he might be out for those games, everyone's favorite future net, Miles Turner, um, he might be out still, I'm not exactly sure, I know he got hurt in like the first game during warm-ups or some crazy injury, 
Um, they get the Bulls on Tuesday. That is a back-to-back, unfortunately. Then they have three days off. Friday at the Wizards. Then they are at another back-to-back. Sheesh. So Friday is at the Wizards. And Saturday, the next day, is at the Hornets. So, um, yeah, five games, I would say the Bulls are probably your toughest opponent there. But um, there's no reason why the Nets can't go at least three and two. I want four and one. You know, that's what I want. Um, five and zero oh is amazing, obviously, but I don't see why you can't go four and one. You know, I mean, the Nets should be able to handle a Pacers team that is not good. They should be able to, um, you know, at least compete with the Bulls at home. I, I don't see why not. I know the Bulls, they beat the Celtics the other night, but... I don't know. Chicago, I feel like, has enough flaws where the Nets can beat them on their home court. And then you're at Chicago and at Charlotte. So I think the Nets should hopefully go 4-1 and during that stretch. And if they do go 4-1, and I'm trying to think of what the math would be there. I think they would get back to 500, right? That's 5-5. Five and five. I don't know, something like that. But yeah, it's it's been a slow start to the year. The schedule does get a bit easier as time goes on here. But um. I guess the one good thing, and I know this like might be like a oh rent free type thing, but I am happy to see the Sixers are also struggling. They're one and four as well, so um, at least James Harden struggling. I'll take that. That's kind of like my moral victory here so far as a Nets fan because the things we've seen with this team so far have not been very good. And um, yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen with the coaching staff. I don't know how long St- uh, Steve Nash's leash is gonna be this year, but. Um, I don't know if it gets more out of hand and he might get a quick hook. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think ownership is going to have that much patience here with uh, Steve Nash. I know that him and Joe Sy have a good relationship. I think they have some, you know, business deals together and things like that. Like they invest in the same businesses and I'm sure Nash and Sy are close, but, um, the Nets have to have some sort of urgency this year. They, they really can't afford to have another season go down the drain with Durant being 34 years old now and Kyrie in a contract year playing at such a high level right now. I mean, my God, Kyrie's been just crazy good this year. He's he's doing things I've never seen him do before. And like just some of the freaking shots he makes, some of the dribble moves and the way he gets open and the way he's able to just turn his body in the air, it's, it's nuts. But anyway, my point is there has to be a sense of urgency in this Nets building. And if they, for some reason over these next five games versus these easier opponents go under 500 and we're talking like one and four or even two and three or god forbid oh and five i mean that's a point where you have to think about a head coaching change and you know we saw this with avery johnson back in the first year in brooklyn he got a pretty quick hook um i think the nets were 12 and 12 when avery got fired so they waited a bit longer i think it was like maybe sometime in late december mid-december avery got fired but yeah i mean I don't know. The expectations for this team are too high. I get things aren't perfect and not everybody's healthy and guys are always in and out and the defense sucks, but there's only so many passes you can give Steve Nash. So I don't know. But speaking of defense, I know Jock Vaughn is supposed to be like the uh, defensive coordinator, quote unquote. Their defense sucks. I mean, there's there's no communication. Um, I feel like when they really want to lock down, they can, but they are just not focused. They don't communicate. Sometimes they don't rebound or box out, do the simple things, and it's it's pretty annoying. So offensively, um, we've seen some great stretches from the Nets offensively. It's come in second quarters, kind of ironically. I know the game versus the uh, Bucks was a great second quarter. I think the game versus Milwaukee was a good second quarter. 
the Nets have just, they've had quarters in every game, it feels like, where the Nets do play very well. It was the same thing in the preseason where, like, they would just, you know, play their starters for a half, and then the first quarter the starters would suck, and then the second quarter they were a lot better. So the second quarter, I feel like, has been the Nets' quarter this year. But the Nets give you a quarter in every game where they play lights out and everything seems perfect, but then the other three quarters, it's just like they're not that good, so... I don't know. They have to be more consistent. They have to find a way to close out these games because so far it has not been the case. And I know some calls went against them in the final two minutes tonight with the non uh, non kick ball that was called and the non shooting foul on Durant that wasn't called. But it is what it is. That's just part of the game. So I don't think the refs were that bad tonight once again. But um, yeah, that's gonna do it. Uh, hopefully next time I talk to you guys, which I'm probably gonna do after the Bulls game because there's three days off after that. So on Tuesday night I'll try to get a video out for you guys hopefully i'm not busy tuesday night i don't know should have time so hopefully after that bulls game on tuesday i'm hoping they can go three and zero in that stretch and get back to uh four and five or is that four now four and four i keep thinking we're one and five i think we're one and four now but yeah get back to 500 take it from there but um yeah so far not the best start some discouraging things but I'm trying to be patient, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to jump the gun and say, oh, Ben Simmons is completely washed or something like that. Like, I want to give it time, and we'll see how it goes. It's it's a young season, four games out of 82, um, you know? I guess we'll find out what happens here. I guess it can't get much worse is the best way to look at it, but, you know, guys like Katie and Kyrie are playing out of their minds, and there's been positive signs from Nick Claxton and Utah Watanabe and guys like that, so hopefully they just... I don't know, get better as a team, gain more chemistry, and hopefully things get better. So that's going to do it for the video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys on probably Tuesday night.